Hello. Hello. How are you? Not bad. How's your break? Well, it was fine except for I spent last night in the ER. Oh, no. Yep. I had something happen to me when I got knocked over. Did I ever tell you that? No. Might as well use it as... Uh, as a cold open. Yeah, it's um, a bad way to do your homework before a show, though, but okay. <laughs> well, it, it totally prepared me. Um, so I got knocked down. I was walking the dogs on the canal, mm-hmm. and um, and you know what happens. People go by on bicycles. Well, maybe you don't know, but on the, mm-hmm. the canal bank that I walk on is a recreational um, part pedestrian, part bicycle, part, you know, um, scooter, you know, whoever is using alternative modes of transportation to go to work yeah. goes. So I was walking the dogs, and what usually happens is um, that, the, that when a biker comes up behind you, he slash she comes up on your left and you move to the right. And that's kind of the biking rules of the road. Yeah, that's the biking rules of the road. Mm -hmm. So, um, by the way, this is the Karma Club brought to you by the Karma Coin. And we're just waiting for people to come in. So I'm telling Heyman how I spent last evening um, in the ER. And we so also live first... on call-in, so uh, those on the call-in side, you're also welcome to interact because it's a bi-directionally connected through me. So you'll hear voices through me from Clubhouse and sometimes through Twitter Spaces as well when we do... Uh, when we back. do Twitter Spaces, right. which never seems to work for anyone. Maybe Elon may bring his Starlink uh, expertise to it. <laughs> I don't know. That, that would be excellent. Anyway, this this man and woman were um, going to work, I think. I don't know. They, but they rode by. And instead of saying on your left, which all bikers do, mm-hmm. or coming up on my left, as all bikers do, uh, they said nothing, and they came up on my right. And I had already moved right. So that squished me into a part of the canal that has gravel on it and, you know, is adjacent to a ditch. And so I tried as they headed basically into me to get my balance, and I couldn't get it in time. You know, mm-hmm. I wheeled around, saw them, but by that time, I was already off balance. And so I sat down flat on the the pavement mm-hmm. on what we call our sit bones, mm-hmm. you know, awesome. which turned out to be my pelvis. Anyway, um, then they decided, you know, <laughs> I said, why didn't you come up on my left like all other bikers who pass? Because I was ready for that. And they were like, well, my girlfriend's afraid of the dogs. <laughs> so I was like, okay. And then luckily another woman came by and picked me up and set me back on my feet and asked me how I was. And she was obviously a healthcare worker because she knew how to lift me mm-hmm. and, you know, how to actually or get me. Or caregiver. Or caregiver, right. Yeah. 
And so, so I, um, I got up and I walked home, you know, I walked home and then I called my primary care physician. I said, I think I've hurt myself. And she said, well, go get some x-rays. So I went to, and by the way, I pay extra for sort of concierge uh, primary care. Yeah. And yes. And so I, but you weren't able to get timely service and, uh, yeah. Well, I was. I got my x-rays the next day. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got my prescription that day, and I got my x-rays the next day. And I um, I didn't break anything. And I thought, oh, great. I'm fine. So you know me. I walk my 10,000 steps a day. Um, yeah, my back hurts more than it did. Yeah, my pelvis hurts more than it did. And and I finally said, after about a week, I think I'll go to the chiropractor. So I went to to the chiropractor, and and I've really gotten what I would consider very good care every step of this way. The, the chiropractor, you know, is really good at body work and was kind of helping me out. So. So he released a bunch of things and I went home and yet the next day I hurt more and I kept on walking and I hurt more and more and more and more. And finally, last night I went to sleep at about, um, at about eight o'clock and at about 1030, I woke up and I had this pain, this sort of stabbing pain in my right side. Mm -hmm. And so I called the primary care nurse hotline and they said, they said, um, you know, you better go to the emergency room because you might have um, disc kidney and oh, they never even thought about disc because it was so, you know, was so, and that's part of the problem. You are a doctor. You sorry. How did kidney come into the picture here? Were you because saying it was pee? on? It was on my waist. The pain had gone to my waist, right side, waist toward the back. Okay, but you weren't having any problems urinating. You didn't have blood in your urine. No, but. I'm just saying that this woman diagnosed me on the phone. You know, she didn't diagnose me, but she she decided there were some things that she couldn't rule out. And right. so she she um said I better go to the emergency room. So I went to the emergency room. Mm-hmm. Well, the emergency room that's nearest to my house um, has something like 189 emergency beds because it's a level one trauma hospital. Okay. And, it, um, and a lot of those beds seem to be occupied by homeless people just mm-hmm. sleeping mm-hmm. in they the emergency room. They can't find homes. Yes. Yes. So they're sleeping in the emergency room and they, they put me in a triage room and they began working on me. And, um, 
my friend who's in the audience has had the experience of, of going to the hospital and getting the wrong diagnosis. And, and anyway, hi all to all those in the audience too. It's uh, you and we several. Yes, this room is really for you. I'm just, you know, I'm just filling the time. If you want to come up and tell your patient's story, it's probably much more interesting no, than mine. No, you're also important. I got it. So I got a CAT scan of my abdomen, my back, and my pelvis. I had blood tests taken. And, and this is what I'm saying. When I first got in, it was midnight, and the staff was cheery and fresh oh, yeah. and attentive and, you know, and, and everything. By the time I got done having the CAT scans and the blood tests and the urine specimens, all of which were negative, everything mm -hmm. was negative. You had a gold um, card of a health card, didn't you? Yes, I did. That's why. But, but yeah, but guess what? Uh -huh. It was three fifteen in the morning. The staff was grumpy. Mm -hmm. You know, they were they were still the the waiting room was still full, and and I have no idea what the other people had in that waiting room. Waiting room could have been COVID. Could have been anything. Mm -hmm. They're they're so short staffed in emergency mm -hmm. rooms yeah. that they can't really offer the kind of service and plus it's triaging they, right so it's basically if yes. urgent comes in you you will be demoted down a bit oh yeah but right yeah. before me they had gunshots there you go okay so yes i got triaged and sent down but anyway the long and short of it is i still have the pains probably my back it's probably my degenerative disc disease mm. um and or i pulled a muscle when mm. i fell that yeah. too and um and they sent me home. Mm -hmm. And I and when you lay in the bed waiting for results and everything like that, you want to call somebody who will come in and you know talk to you, yeah. or give you know give you a drink of water or something like that. But there's no such person anymore in the ER because they're so short staffed. You know, volunteers used to fill that gap in in most hospitals, at least in uh, Canada that I know of. Yeah, that part. Yeah, when I was a kid, it was candy stripers, yep. right? Yep. Who did it? But there are no candy stripers, and there this are the no COVID volunteers yeah, because everyone's working. And an infection anyway, part too. They reduced all that. Yeah. Anyway, it's the change in emergency rooms at, at, after COVID has been amazing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's been awful. Yeah. The, the the service is the the nurses all start. Oh, so I, just let me say that in no way does this reflect uh, bad quality of care or bad customer service at Banner, which is where I was. But it reflects how busy everyone is and how everyone is on a protocol that they can't depart from. So I kept saying, could I please have water? And they were like, not until we get a note from the doctor. Yeah. No, that's because if it's a surgical issue, right? Because you went in with uh, like query abdominal issues, kidney issues. So if there's some tear or if there's some injury inside, they may need to, uh, they need to send you for surgery or further investigations or even uh, that requires you to be non-per-os. Uh, that means nothing by mouth, right? NPO. 
Um, so okay, maybe so... that's the reason why they didn't want to give you anything until they knew that you were safe, uh, you were cleared of any emergency issues. Because you're in an emergency room, right? Right. Because that's if they give true. it to you, then you're delayed. You're, if, if there was a surgical, if there was an urgent surgery that's needed for you, then that surgery would be delayed uh, because you had something by mouth because you're a high risk for aspiration during anesthesia. Explain aspiration. Oh, sorry. Aspiration means that you get fluid from your uh, from your gastric system, right? So if you have like if you just had some meal or water, it'll be in your sitting in your stomach, right? And aspiration means that you just regurgitate, it comes up back out and into your airway. So let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. Is it like this in Canada too? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, uh, in terms of, um, yeah, it's the same. It's the same. Our systems are exactly the same, except the payer is different. And Got it. that's the only thing. Um, hey, Johan, do you yeah. have a health, health experience you'd like to share? And come on up, or, everyone's welcome. And, or Stephanie, uh, yeah. And also I, the call really side too, hear, you're all welcome up. I want to hear other people's health experiences. My own are, you know, I hear my own all day long. But but what I, here goes, here goes, oops, Johan has raised his hand. Oh, you've not made me moth. That's what I was wondering, why is my system not working? <laughs> Sorry, Johan. Because I'm dumb. No, no. No, because I was up all last night. Oh, no. So this happened when? In the emergency room, is it? Last night. Last I night. was in Ouch. the emergency room from 12 to 3 last night. Right. And, you know. And our, the injury was two weeks ago. Uh, yes, but yeah. see, I think the chiropractor might have made it worse. Yeah. So I think no, I, it's, it's basically no, it's not. It's not. I don't think he knew the full picture, but I think it's just that when you have an inflammatory condition or if you have something that's aggravated, the last thing you want to do is aggravate it more. And that's what chiropractic. No, does. well, no, it's just uh, there's a role for everyone. I, I even though you know, I, I'm in physiatry, physical medicine, rehab, which is. Uh, we cover everything that, uh, like, you know, everything, muscles, skeletal, uh, neuro, brain, everything, everything. So functional. I should have called you at 1030 last You could have, night. you could have. I would have answered. But of course, I mean, as a friend, I would have definitely uh, been there for you. So that's not a problem. I was just kidding. Johan, good morning. Morning. How's morning. your health? My health is pretty good now, but uh, it's been worse in, in the old days, 2018, 2019, 2020. Uh, I had sepsis, but uh, I think the doctors actually in uh, Stockholm uh, lost it because the uh, papers that uh, they took me from Gothenburg to uh, Stockholm, which is like uh, Toronto to uh, New York. and. Uh, the ambulance flight is just disappeared from all the records. There are no papers whatsoever. Oh no! Uh, and um, so they lost the sepsis, and they thought I had rose fever, which is pretty um, serious enough. But yeah. um, they sorry, lost growth sepsis. fever. Growth fever. Rose fever. No, rose. Rose fever. Yeah. Rose fever. Rose fever. You can have amputations anyway, but uh, sepsis is worse, uh, as, as far as I know. Uh, anyway, I, I won't bother you with no, my no. long story, but... Uh, no, it's all about yeah. your story. So they lost <laughs> your records. <laughs> Again? 
so they lost your records yeah, or just they, the it, records no, of no, nothing is uh, I, I called all the instances and uh, I only have one uh, legal instance for, uh, still here in Sweden that I can check it's uh, the uh, jurisdictional top level but uh, I think it's stupid I need to go that far far but I'd like to find but the Scandinavian patient. countries are supposed to have such good medical care they're supposed to be yeah they they were just unlucky uh, they were thinking but they were unlucky when they thought I don't know what they thought about. Well, during they, your time, were you unable to advocate for yourself? Were you that that ill that this happened, or what happened? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, I had. Uh, if you if you do uh, you know sepsis, there yeah. is a yeah. uh, there is a track record called Q sofa, and if you do that, I had a level eight, and oh. that's uh, not so far away from passing yeah. away. Yes, I see the stage. Uh, yeah, so I was not cognitively uh, able to disconnect myself from. Uh, well, there are many you weren't able to I fight can... for yourself, basically, or uh, no, correct no. anything so that may I, have been wrong. No, exactly. So when I came uh, to Stockholm with the uh, ambulance flight, I could not argue for me having sepsis, which is now pretty obvious because there was no doubt at all that I have acute sepsis on on the twenty. 31st of August, but on the 3rd of September, they thought that they were actually doing guesswork at the hospital. Yeah, and they found <laughs> rose fever and uh, heart failure and a few other things. Well, those are common uh, complications of sepsis as yeah. well, right? So it's, yeah. yeah, yeah. What is rose fever? I'm actually trying to figure that out too because it's usually. Uh, what did you mean by rose fever, Johan? Because I. I think it's 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 an old uh, stuff. Roseola. Uh, this is for kids. I just googled uh, it. For, I think it's rosea. Uh, Roseola. Uh, yeah. Uh, but that's very rare, unless in Sweden it's something. I mean, it's for kids mostly, but. No, this is more for elderly. Uh, I think a lot of the, the guy who the guys who get it is, um, for instance. Uh, Girls who who have infected, uh, you know, when you pierce your ears for um, yeah. an earring. Yeah, it's a herpes uh, virus, uh, most common. It's roseola. Okay. Red okay. rose fever. That's what it's called. Well, that's at least that's what yeah. the definition from Doctor Google is. Doctor, go to the Doctor yeah. Google. Okay. <laughs> Doctor Hinman consults Doctor Google. <laughs> well, no, it's it's a truth. That's yeah. not, perfect. It's how yeah, you yeah, interpret yeah, yeah, it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the key yep, thing is yep, how you yep. interpret it. There's a lot of information out there, which is good. It, it, it's pretty serious though, because I have a, one of my uh, corporate clients, the, the doctor that is connected to that uh, uh, company, uh, he, he's, he's a doctor, he's very, very skilled, he's, he's been in this for 40 years, and he, uh, he thought the thing was like a, a, an influenza, so he... Yeah. He stayed away three days extra from the uh, ER, and he uh, he lost his both uh, lower legs. Gangrene. So don't 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 um, don't take it for for an easy one. Um, I have them all, of course. Sepsis, rosea, <laughs> heart failure, deep vein thrombosis, and a few other things. But uh, yeah. All at once. And, yeah. Now uh, during two months. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Hey, Heyman, can you get EO IO? Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, I can't get him up. He has his hand raised, and I'm trying to get him up, and 
I can't. Hey, Stephanie, how are you? Hi there. I'm doing well. Thank you. Uh, you know, election season. <laughs> it's stressful. But um, I wanted to share a positive story. Please. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know, because I'm surprised too. <laughs> but um, this is about my mom, who is going to be 91 next month. And she's had this, like, rotation of different doctors because um, they move on. You know, they transfer, they move. And so hard to find a good doctor for her. And she, um, she unfortunately, a year ago, um, she got taken in by some marketing materials that came through the mail. And she canceled her good health care situation we had for her. And she started with a different company. And then it was just awful for a year. And we just had to kind of wait it out. Um, Did she go to Medicare Advantage by any chance? Uh, no, it was just she didn't change the Medicare. She changed um, the place she went to, the clinic. Oh. She went to Humana, and um, she was just in a good, you know, a good system, and then she changed it because they sent her all these marketing stuff. And she also was on the AARP Extra Supplemental, and that got canceled somehow. So we had to wait. And she was just going through doctor after doctor, and she didn't like her doctors. And so we finally got her. And she also was signed up because of a relationship my brother has with a cardiologist. She signed up for this cardiologist's, um, you know, subscription boutique thing, mainly because my brother's good friends with the cardiologist, and he can get better answers because of their personal friendship. And so, um, so to cut to the chase here, so we finally got her back on her original care and we got a new referral for a doctor from the cardiologist and we went and she didn't like him. So she wouldn't do what he said. So, you know, she wanted, he wanted her to, adjust this medication and change this thing. And because she didn't like his bedside manner, she wouldn't do it. And she just said, I'm never going back to him. So we went back to the cardiologist and said, can you give us another referral? And he said, well, I, you know, I don't know. We'll try this, this healthcare center. And they specialize in senior health. And, um, where I are you located? This is, uh, she's in Las Vegas. And so I called and they had two doctors in their whole system uh, that were accepting Medicare and new patients. So I got in with one and it was just a hope and a prayer. You know, I looked him up and he had been a, um, a, a um, military doctor and then he just recently started at this company and I'm just like, oh, please be good. Please be good. So I went in and, you know, you have to do the new patient intake and she's impatient and she can't remember her history. And my brother and I are there and she's getting interviewed by the nurse, the intake, and she can't remember that she had 
throat cancer. She can't remember this and that. And we're telling her she's getting really irritated with us for interrupting her. <laughs> it took a long time. But finally, the doctor came in. Oh, he was the doctor from heaven. Oh, my gosh. He was perfect. He was uh, respectful of her. And even though my brother and I were would supplement some of the answer some of his questions because she couldn't accurately recall it he just kept eye contact with her he listened to us but he kept her paying attention to her so she felt really uh, gone. seen yeah she felt seen because exactly. what happens when when you get into these hospitals very often and you're very lucky stephanie because you get into these hospital systems and very often you know they look at you oh a uh, little old lady you know yeah. with with complaints yeah. you know exactly so but not only that so so there's certain things so she's still driving and you know he he didn't say anything to her about that but and it's just a couple things that um we wanted him to really pay attention to and then she left we got her out to to go and reschedule and the nurse came and got me real quick when my mother wasn't listening and said the doctor wants to talk to you privately and that had never happened before I'd never had her doctor say you know can we meet privately and so I went in and he was you know he said I just have a couple I just want to clarify a couple things and um you know, it was just so great because it told me he was really, really paying attention in a significant way. And one of the things was, you know, regarding the driving. And then there was another thing regarding a medication. But then my mother, she came back and said, where are you? And she's like, why were you meeting privately with the doctor? <laughs> but, I mean, it's so. Well, that's it's scary, though, Stephanie, for the for the mother. You yeah. know, for the, the older person. When you're an older person, you have two things happening at once. One is your customary list of talents, competencies, life experience, and when.
I can review with the patient the trends longitudinally over time of their biomarkers and how we can optimize the the labs and their health markers for um, their health span. Yeah, that's interesting because one medical doesn't really, it it depends on who your individual physician is, but that I I do that for myself, but the other, um, because it's something that in which health span is something that health spans my hobby. Let's put it that way. So, you know, I, I have a great, uh, a great interest in it. Sorry, what's health span? Um, health span is how long you are able to live ah. and be in good health. Got it. Okay. So, you know, like no, no, um, no major bunch of, uh, chronic diseases, no, you know, incapacities, no, like, but like that. It's the compression of morbidity, Heyman. Ah, uh, okay. Thank you. Uh, what is the word health span, S-P-A-N? Yeah, is that what just, you're saying? This is the length of... I yeah, mean, so your lifespan is how yeah. long you live, but how long you live is not as important as how um, healthy your mm-hmm. years of life are. So many people spend the last uh, few years of their life in very poor health. Uh, the goal would be to try to age later and when you do have um, a terminal disease that you compress the time that you're morbid and in very poor end stage health. So you're not frail. That's the goal to minimize sarcopenia, osteopenia, glycation, inflammation, cognitive decline, immune senescence. These are all the ways that we age and the science of longevity medicine optimizes health span so that you can uh, fundamentally age later. So we all age differently when we use the genetics, the epigenetics, the environment, the lifestyle, the diet, using precision pharmaceuticals and supplements. Uh, there's a whole science to this. It's my obsession. Yeah, I went for health span a long time ago, I think because of Dave Asprey, which, mm. who I don't believe in 100%. The bulletproof guys? Yeah, but but I do believe in his ideas around health span and the people he's had on that has a lot have a lot of information about it. Some of which, you know, is better than others. Fun. Good morning. Morning, Doctor Francines. Um, Yeah, I enjoyed the discussions um, as well as I hear. U.S. is uh, access to care is is an issue. So a lot of time the elderly. Uh, rely on friends and family to take care of them. Uh, I do have elderly uh, parents that I take care of as well, my um, my in-law side. Um, but curiously, um, you know, I, two days ago, I ran to this one old lady in front of me at the cashier. Um, uh, she doesn't look very well. Um, and uh, both the cashier and I looked at each other and said something wrong with her. She having a hard time uh, uh, getting after paying for groceries, she having a hard time moving out at positions, and uh, I immediately told the cashier that uh, she probably gonna pass out here pretty soon. Um, but then she turned around and told us that uh, do not call the paramedics. Um, I'm gonna go down. Um, and uh, just some uh, a few seconds later, she did uh, went out. Uh, we caught her, but um, she getting cold, and uh, she have a DNR. Uh, do not resuscitate. Um, we are conf- we are really want to help her, but uh, you know uh, if she doesn't want to, um, she doesn't want uh, the help. 
That's then right. Bobby's going to do. Um, I, I know there's a nurse behind me. She jumped in and said, guys, uh, we need to get her uh, back. Um, but um, uh, and then she'll try to massage her, her chest uh, and uh, call her name, uh, look at her name on uh, uh, try to find records. So that's another thing is that um, she eventually woke up uh, just a minute. I was very surprised that she woke up actually. Um, and were confusing and not able to move and uh, was asking her, the nurse that were asking her whether she uh, diabetics or she on cardiovascular uh, uh, disease or any kind of drug and uh, who can we call. Um, you know, the patients are not in that uh, position to even answer those questions. And uh, unfortunately, um, the manager of Roshi stores today, uh, we need to call a paramedics, um, uh, get her out of here, I can't hurt, let her lay here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a very, very difficult situation, really. And I said, I tried to grant her wish, not uh, calling paramedics. Um, I don't know what the situation is. I know a lot of patients doesn't want to incur costs uh, as well. I didn't. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, uh, and that's a big issue. So I don't know how to deal with these situations. And, uh, and we, were, we were there for yeah. now and um, uh, in, a, call, in American uh, medicine, that's what happens. Yeah. People cannot afford their own health. That's scared. Because I remember during the COVID crisis, a lot of people were scared to go into the hospital, right? Because if they didn't know how much costs they were going to incur. Oh, yeah. I mean, and do you know how much it takes to call an ambulance? Mm-hmm. Don't know. You so know, I mean, luckily like I have a roommate. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And it's, it, it's, and I, you know, we all say, is it the fault of the American system that we don't have universal access to care? Would that be any better? But then we hear from in, in, um, in the UK, the NIH, I'm sorry, the NHS is, you know, buried in, in demands from people that it can't, Bill, I, I'm not sure yeah. how to fix this. You I know, have, I mean. No, I also have Brady on the call inside. I'm not sure whether he wants to chime in on this one. Brady? Oh. Brady, anything there you go. He's got you'd it. like? Brady, go for it. I'm happy to actually show up with a solution. Um, uh, please do. Um, so a lot of times, you know, we end up with this problem with at least Western medicine, that doctors are not allowed to prescribe food or um, herbal supplements or anything like that. They can lose their license for it as a matter of fact. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> he knows his priorities. Sorry. Go ahead. Yep. Frenzy. But I think I know where he's going with that. And that's where I went first also. You know, I I adopted a vegan diet and no no physician ever prescribed it for me. I, you know, I just. I'm actually curious to know what Dr. Johnson, because I know Dr. Johnson's been working in this space, but I'm wondering, have you prescribed uh, food that's covered? Because we could prescribe good nutrition, but unfortunately, sometimes if the patient can't afford it, that's another whole different story, just like medications. Dr. Catherine? Yeah, well, I usually prescribe that my patients eat far less than they think 
they should be eating. So I prescribe fasting a lot of times. Uh, But you can get uh, certain foods covered. You can use your health savings account. And when I uh, recommend certain supplements and stuff, I can provide documentation for my patients and they can uh, present those receipts for reimbursement if they have a health savings account. And there are, I heard in another room on Clubhouse, actually, that I think it's in Washington that there you can, doctors can prescribe food Mm -hmm. that is sourced by farmers and it's a win-win. So that's exciting. Yeah, I've heard about the vouchers here, but not in, uh, we, in Canada also we're questioning, seeing how to do this, but I haven't seen any program in effect that does that because especially now with the, the inflation, I hate to think how many people are deciding between food and medicines both are needed, right? <laughs> you don't want it to have medicines without food, and food is important for health. I don't know how the situation is out there right now. I mean, the truth is, if you're, if most healthy foods are actually inexpensive, it's mm. just getting yep. access to the places where they're sold. True, and that's truer in some parts of the United States than others. You know, I, I actually. I actually know of some places in Phoenix, which is the town I live in, that are literally called food deserts. Yeah. I mean, the whole town's a desert, but, you know. That's pretty much in their cities, right? In most inner cities. And also yeah, in the exactly. Rural areas, rural areas where Dollar Ram, Dollar, sorry, where is Donald General, right? In the U.S. Yeah, is I'm like back. a source of groceries, um, which is. Right. Uh, I was actually getting a call Brady's to pick up some compost. Brady, is everything okay? Very important. <laughs> on the call inside. Brady's on the call inside, by the way. Okay. Yeah, you know, um, it's gotten to the point oh, where, funny. you know, so you, so you grow I had a taste food. of real arugula out of my girlfriend's that? garden. And um, beyond that, you know, me and my community gardening, we used to grow some arugula. And I just got absolutely hooked on it. It's like my body needs and craves it. But it has to be fresh. Um the arugula that I get at the store, I mean, it tastes good. You know, it tastes okay, but um, it just is an order of magnitude uh, less nutritious than what is grown straight out of the ground. Because 24 hours after harvesting, uh, I know spinach loses like 90% of its vitamin C from what I understand. And um, that makes a really big difference. And also there's this aspect of biophotons, which is an interesting. I hear that flash frozen is good. Yeah. So is it better to buy flash frozen spinach? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like that idea. Because they're at the prime. They're the prime stage of their uh, ripeness and everything. Yeah. And also, yeah, and also that I think what the problem mm-hmm. is, is that we've been fed, uh, like, you know, markets and everything else. We've been told this is how it, things are supposed to taste, right? Mass production. And people don't realize what good food is supposed to taste like and how much good food is supposed to, as Dr. Johnson was saying, too, it doesn't cost much. But people don't realize yeah. that because we're all sold this idea that Whole Foods and, you know, these uh, health food stores is where you mm-hmm. get the best food, right? Uh, another but problem, though, you mentioned is food deserts. You guys mentioned because um, here in Texas, uh, and for instance, my it. grandma, her, she well, was on some liver medication for a uh, transplant, and it was causing her kidneys yeah. to clog up. So her kidney kidney function went down to seventeen percent, 
and I put her, I told her to quit drinking coffee and start drinking dandelion root coffee. And she didn't listen to me. But when her doctor told her she had to quit drinking coffee, she finally listened to me. She made the switch and her kidney function went from 17% to 25% in under six months, just like that. Um, the problem is, is that the stuff's hard to find here in town. There's like one HEB that I know of that has it. And oftentimes the whole, uh, the whole row will be cleaned out. All the other teas will be fully stocked around it. And that one row of dandelion root tea is just totally cleaned out. <laughs> well, I'll say this, that they're, they're encouraging people to kill dandelions. And or it's gotten to, to the point this, where I remember back in the eighties here, we used to have everywhere. dandelions <laughs> everywhere. Now it could be a drought thing. But I, sus- I, I speculate that the targeting of dandelions as a weed has Herbicides. resulted in kind of. The- yes. In no more dandelion greens for people to eat mm-hmm. for their health. And it's also like the it- whole idea of like having the most beautiful fruit. Uh, the most beautiful product, right? When you go to the grocery store, which is a farce because I think all the genetic engineering, like if you look at tomatoes, there's amazing documentaries on tomatoes of how we've genetically modified them to a point where the nutrition level is less and the tastes are less, right? But we are used to it, right? So we think this is the, this is the standard, right? But they're not. I've had heritage tomatoes, grew heritage tomatoes this year as well. And Air, um, are they the same as heirloom tomatoes? Yeah. Because yeah, every year, every year there's about one month where you can get heirloom tomatoes. Or grow it. What and, a difference. Oh, huge difference. The flavor is a huge difference. Once people taste it, then there's no way you can go back to regular tomatoes. It's, it's right. unfortunately, unfortunately for our large volumes, yeah, this uh, agriculture needed all this. And we needed that. But I think it's just that I think if we're much more demanding as customers, we could actually support local producers. Yeah, just to add a couple more things before I go, I, I picked off a that. leaf of lemongrass yeah, this morning, started chewing on it just for Sorry. fun. And man, it felt it so good for my heart. I could just feel like my body just needed whatever was in that lemongrass. And it was absolutely, it felt like taking a good medication. And um, something else I like to grow for myself and I encourage for everyone is moringa trees. Um, they grow like a weed, perfect amino acid profile for the human body and cannot say a good enough, good things about the Moringa well, tree. Said, it's not easily grown. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm sure there are many more food rooms on clubhouse. I always think about this always at the end of the room that I'm in, I'm already on to the next event. I think I'd like to but have think, for next next week a food as nutrition room. What What do you think, Hayden? No, it's great. And I think, Dr. Johnson, if you're free, you should I mean, help and lead that because I think you've done much more than me on this. And also one thing I think we should say is that you don't need to go and look for the exotic stuff. Uh, yes, there are exotic stuff that have nutrition, but never don't look past your backyard because remember, we're, our bodies are like our evolution has been based on where we were, right? Or where we are. 
Um, so we wouldn't have survived. Our generations would not have survived if it wasn't for the fact that, you know, our forefathers or foremothers, they ate in this region, right? So, for instance, I'm Sri Lankan Tamil. For me, uh, that ethnic food is what feels right for me, right? If I go and eat something that's outside of my norm, my gut experiences it. That There's a whole microbiome discussion we could have. It's just our guts are used to the environment. And so basically make sure, like, look around. See what good food is around you first, too, uh, because your cold climate may not have the, the unique foods that people may show on food TV or on the magazines. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you need the same one, too. It's like the Mediterranean diet for everyone. It's the idea of the Mediterranean diet, right? It's, you don't have to have the exact ingredients. It's just the, the fact that they have good oils, good food, fresh foods. I, I, like I'm explaining it as, you know, as layman's term as possible, but I'm sure Dr. Johnson and other experts who are more fluent in this can explain it much better. But I think we waste a lot of energy and time spending money, too, in trying to find these exotic foods when the good foods are all around you. Just have to get them and know how to cook them and enjoy them. I have another fun idea for you guys. Um, say, for instance, you buy a bag of carrots. Mm-hmm. Instead of letting those carrots just sit in your fridge and go bad, plant them outside in a, in a nice, uh, loose pile of soil. Let them Let them kind of come back to life and then pull them out and eat them. And see see what you think. Oh, the difference, yeah, yeah. There you. So it's a fun way to preserve food. Is just kind of planted in the ground. Turmeric, for example, turmeric, ginger. Well, you, you must be in some little... warm region, <laughs> Brady, because I, I, don't I, I am. Else... Yeah, I'm down okay. here in Texas. If you're down here in Texas, and uh, you can anyone can get a greenhouse, you know, yeah. and yeah. do whatever they want to do. And I'll say that when you have a little bit of extra turmeric or ginger, it's really fun and great to put that in the ground and then harvest your own. Um, and don't forget your windows too, right? Like you could yeah. grow stuff on your windows. Uh, you could grow your own salads in your windows. Yes, that's that's really what I used to do. I haven't done it in a couple of years. It's a huge to, difference. And we went on a sprouts cake for a while too, broccoli sprouts, yeah. alfalfa sprouts. Well, you, there are now kits to grow sprouts, yeah. and sprouts are even better than the vegetables that they turn in into, them, which is really good yeah, for autism better. and schizophrenia. Oh, good! I don't have either I of them, but I love general food. I love broccoli sprouts. You, I wish I, I, I wish I could find you i guess Heyman can find you again yep. for me uh, Brady, for next week we'll follow each other and we'll uh, i'll keep you posted yeah because i'd like to do a, a food is food is medicine type of room next week of course i have no real expertise in it but i'm sure i can find people around um around clubhouse that would be interested yeah. and could and contribute yeah. Any anybody in the room or anybody on Club Deck or listening on on Club Deck, there's a a lot of people listening. Yep. And, so. And yeah, so I think the key thing is just eat to live, not live to eat. <laughs> I think well, that's what that's right. The Food Network has been training us to do right, and all these uh, right. Instagram photographers like it's crazy. It's even the carrots. Carrots themselves are great adding that extra dips and everything else is what makes it bad. Right. Let me tell you something though. I went to, I, Oh, and I actually went, I got is... William just rushing in at the end here. I'm calling. Do you mind if I let take? Of course. Yeah. Let William. Talk. Hi, William. 
Hi, I didn't realize you guys were doing this. Um, can you hear me okay? Yeah, you're loud and clear yes, on Clubhouse and call-in. Okay, we're going to do it next you. week, too. Uh, what's your name, ma'am? Uh, Francine. Francine. She's on the Dr. top. Francine. <laughs> Hi, Francine. Hi, Heyman. Uh, Hi. This is Bill calling from Connecticut. Uh, I had a short story I wanted to share. My father used to sell for J.B. Cyril, you know, the pharmaceutical company. And uh, when I was Uh-oh. very young, he uh, he got out of it uh, and opened up a bicycle shop for from the time I was ten on. Uh-huh. But before that, uh, a couple years before, he he said this to me, and I remember it vividly. He said, "Bill, don't let any doctor ever tell you that herbs don't work." He says most drugs are derived from herbs. Aspirin comes from white willow bark, mm-hmm. and and he said. Um, He's literally, I guess he was having a crisis at work because he said, I'm nothing but a glorified drug pusher. He said, and don't let any doctor tell you otherwise, he said, because most doctors I know use herbs, marijuana and opiates. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No wonder um, he owned the bicycle shop. I hope he really, I hope he really enjoyed it. Um, Go ahead. I'm sorry, Francis. No, I just, I just want to say that when I went and had lunch with my daughter in Las Vegas last week, we went to this very, she, she um, was on a corporate account. And so we went to this very fancy restaurant in the Venetian, which is a Mediterranean diet place um, called Milo's. And they served the salmon and spinach that we ordered with the the waiter came or maybe the busboy i don't know came to the table with two plants the the thyme plant and the i've forgotten what the other one was the rosemary basil yeah Yeah. and and cut the fresh herbs off the plant right onto our food and that was mind-boggling i've never seen it in a restaurant before that's a, the famous joke right do kids know where the produce comes from it's right supermarket right? so where though right all right everybody i love you all thank you for coming i really appreciate it and uh, um i hope you got something out of it and join us next next week, week next week we're going to do food as medicine and of course i'm gonna talk about my blood values, which are perfect for somebody who's 81. Andrea, you want to say something to me? I wanted to say thank you. Nice to see <laughs> you doing this. Well, I, I, this is really my labor of love because I love the people who come. Yeah. So, And we love you back. Oh, it's a very, very... Um, and enriching, um, enlivening. Um, it's not the usual clubhouse room. <laughs> or call-in. Or call-in room. That's true. That is absolutely true. All right, everybody. 